My name is Laura Dawn, and you're listening to episode number 15 of the Psychedelic Leadership Podcast. Because what the world needs is a new kind of leader. If you want to uplevel your life, you need to uplevel your mind and your mindset. And we are being called to radically uplevel the way that we think right now. We know we are facing crisis on so many fronts. And as Einstein said, we can't solve our problems at the same level of thinking that created them. We are being called to think bigger, to expand the boundaries of what we believe is possible. And in order to do that, we need to learn how to fundamentally shift our perception of reality. And that's what we're going to talk about in this episode and future solo episodes. Tools that you can learn to draw upon so that when you're facing challenges, you can learn to train your mind to perceive and look for possibility where you previously saw limitation. And in this way, we teach ourselves how to leverage our challenges, our roadblocks and difficulties we encounter in our daily lives, and we have no shortage of those, and we learn to transmute them into stepping stones towards our awakening. And sure, we can toss around this word awakening, especially in the spiritual communities, but awakening is simply the process of thinking bigger. That's what the definition of awakening is. It's defined as to make someone aware of something for the first time. And so from my perspective, the process of awakening is also inherently creative. We're connecting dots in a new way to reveal novel insights that prove to be valuable and useful. So this process of training our minds, this is like high-level mindset training. This is the kind of work I do with my one-on-one clients, the content I teach at my retreats, and also include in my three-month microdosing mastermind programs. And the next one is coming up in June, July, and August, and I'll share more about that program at the very end of this episode before I leave you with a song by my dear sister, Mary Isis, called Open. And it's music like this that I include in my free eight-hour music playlist for Psychedelic Journeys and Beyond. And you can swipe that on my website at livefreelauradcom slash freebies, where you can also swipe my free eight-day microdosing course. Okay, so what we're talking about here in terms of mindset is what I consider to be like legit advanced Jedi training for the 21st century, especially for people who feel the call to cultivate heart-centered leadership and influence real change. And in this and the next few solo episodes, we're going to talk about mindset because as I said, up-leveling your life is a mindset and you can learn to cultivate it. And so I want to talk about mindset within a framework I've created called the path of the creative visionary bodhisattva. And actually, it's not so much that I developed this as this framework has developed and shaped me. And although I find it to be like a companion guide for people on the plant medicine path, I truly believe that anyone can benefit from it. So before we talk mindset, let's just briefly touch on what this means. What is the path of the creative visionary bodhisattva? Okay, let's start with bodhisattva. 
there's a large body of teachings that originate from the Mahayana tradition of Buddhism that offers so much wisdom surrounding the path of the Bodhisattva, which can loosely be translated to the way of the compassionate warrior. Essentially, it's a path that inspires us to awaken, to help others awaken on the planet, and to heal our own suffering with the intention of relieving the suffering of others. And there's so much I could say about these teachings that have profoundly touched my life, and I've been studying this path for about 15 years now, primarily through Pema Chodron's work and her teacher, Chogim Trumpa Rinpoche, and these teachings have offered me such an incredibly valuable psychedelic roadmap, not only for the psychedelic journeys themselves, but for the space in between, primarily for integration. But what I will say for now is that it takes a lot of courage to dedicate ourselves to walking the path of the bodhisattva. The root of the word courage is cœur, the Latin word for heart. So this is a path for warriors of the heart. And this is exactly the kind of leadership I'm pointing to. And these teachings can also help us embody a mindset that allows us to lead with our hearts. Okay, so we're talking about the path of the creative visionary bodhisattva, and I'm working backwards here. So the path of the visionary is someone who trains in understanding the power of their own mind. Essentially, a visionary is someone who can think bigger than what we see in this 3D reality. We think bigger than our circumstances and bigger than ourselves. And this, in a way, is really an essential component of what I call codifying breakthrough, because we have to literally reach for and move beyond who we believe ourselves to be. And we'll talk more about that in future episodes. And of course, I hold the perspective that plant medicines are really here to show us how to embody the visionaries we truly are. Indigenous cultures have called ayahuasca the visionary vine, and I don't think that that's a coincidence, that at this time that we're facing crisis and we need to think bigger, we're witnessing this proliferation of interest in sacred plant medicines. Okay, so then why creative? Why creative visionary bodhisattva? As I like to say, keep your eye to the sky, but give it birth to the earth. Creativity is our capacity to transmute our ideas into reality. As Chase Jarvis, founder of Creative Live says, creativity is the ability to make your ideas manifest in the world. And I already linked this to the path of awakening, which is the path towards thinking bigger. And as some of you already know, I'm really passionate about shifting the cultural narrative around creativity. And I won't go down that rabbit hole right now, but I'll say that we are creative by definition of being alive. And to me, there's nothing more mystical and awe-inspiring than holding a vision of what's possible and then transmuting that vision into reality. And when you hold a vision that truly expands the boundaries of what you believe is possible, then guess what? You embark on the journey of becoming the person who can make that vision a reality. And I mean that literally. You need to train your body, your nervous system, your heart and your mind, your biology and your physiology to literally become the person who can step out and lead the retreat you've been dreaming about, write the book, build the home, launch the business. And I'm gonna expand on this specific topic in my next solo episode. But this is the kind of advanced Jedi training that I'm talking about. And our bodies are a conduit, a channel that allows us to make our visions a reality. 
And to take it one step further, you can create your entire life to be a launchpad for inspired creation that contributes in some shape or form to humanity's awakening. Okay, so why do I think it's imperative to be learning and teaching about the path of the creative visionary bodhisattva? Well, I really set the stage for this in my first solo episode, which was episode number four. So if you haven't yet listened to it, I encourage you to go back and tune in, although it's not necessary to receive benefit through what I'm sharing here. And that episode, along with this one, certainly has some threads of influence from thought leader Charles Eisenstein, who I had the honor of interviewing for this podcast, and I released that last week, which was episode number 14. And because we learn through story, through metaphors and analogies, I'll just paint a brief picture to set the stage for the mindset I'm going to talk about next. And if you want to skip ahead to get to mindset coming up soon, go for it. But I encourage you to really listen and pay attention to the narratives being shared here because stories influence our reality. They influence our perception. And if we want to live in a more beautiful world, our hearts know is possible, as Charles Eisenstein would say, we need to become the storytellers of a better future. And so this narrative is the way that I'm describing this time of transition, the journey that humanity is on right now and where we find ourselves on that journey. So this is one of the narratives that I've been telling myself and that I've been sharing, and I've been finding it really powerful in terms of leveraging these stories for the work that we're doing. So imagine a massive canyon with a wide valley bottom floor. And this is no longer that moment of standing on the precipice. Humanity was collectively on the edge of the cliff, overlooking the expanse of the great unknown, But then the earth began to shake under our feet, and we were thrust down a narrow pathway, and we have collectively now almost hit rock bottom. And you can see the other side of the canyon, but it's way off in the distance. And of course, some people will spend the rest of their lives desperately trying to scramble back up that side of the mountain that we just came down. But that will prove to be futile. There is no going back. And the rest of us, well, we know that the only way out is through. And this place we find ourselves in is the gap between two worlds. And this gap is our training ground. Because now there are tsunamis that flood this valley and other extreme weather patterns. And the path ahead of us will be long and challenging. So we need to learn how to surf these tidal waves of change. And we need to equip ourselves with the right tools, as I mentioned in episode number four, We need to pack light. So in addition to tools like plant medicines and wisdom traditions, some of these tools include mindsets, heart sets, and skill sets to help make it through. And there are many paths people will take to the other side, but the path of the creative visionary bodhisattva is the path of heart-centered leadership. It's the path of supporting, inspiring, and encouraging others to make it through this time of upheaval so we can birth a more harmonious chapter of human history. And so for the rest of this episode, let's talk about one powerful mindset we can learn to cultivate, and that's the mindset of curiosity. Now, before you discount curiosity as insignificant, trivial, or unimportant, or if you're thinking to yourself, I'm already a curious person, I don't think I need to hear this, 
then you just might need to cultivate a curious mindset more than you realize. And if you're someone who wants to influence real change, then stick with me here because curiosity is a powerful leadership mindset and it's indispensable for navigating through these incredibly rapid times of change. Curiosity also plays a large role in what's defined as a creative mindset. And just as a side note, creative thinking is being called the number one most important skill set, which is actually really more of a mindset that we can learn to cultivate for the 21st century. And this is according to 1,500 of the world's top CEOs. So just briefly, let's define mindset. Think of a mindset as a mental lens, and this lens dictates what information you take in and use to navigate the situations you encounter. And this lens influences our attitudes towards life, towards other people, and towards ourselves. So for many people, this lens is fixed, our mindset is fixed. And so the training becomes about learning how to become more fluid and flexible with our thinking, our perceptions and state of mind. And of course, this points towards Carol Dweck's work on cultivating a growth mindset, which I won't touch in on in this episode. So. Think of curiosity as a mindset that's like a tool, a cognitive tool, and you train yourself to reach for it. You approach a new situation and it's like, boom, you know you can grab that particular lens which can help shift your perceptual frame of reference. And I spoke about this in the last solo episode, which was episode number eight, where I shared a little bit more about how we tend to habitually pay attention to the same data or information over and over again. So just as a recap, in any given moment, we're exposed to about a billion bits of information, and we only process a small fraction of that. So what determines what information we process? Well, we look for information that's going to confirm what we already know to be true. From a neuroscience perspective, this is how we stay stuck repeating old behavioral patterns, thought patterns, and otherwise. So when you understand the way your mind works and its limitations, You can also leverage this self-knowledge and self-awareness to get unstuck, to reach for a new thought, to think differently. Dr. Balder Onarheim talked about this. He's a PhD in the neuroscience of creativity. I interviewed him for number 11, and he wrote a paper for Frontiers that essentially said that when you teach people the limitations of the way that they think, you can leverage that understanding of the underlying neural mechanisms for which keeps us continuously reaching for the same thing, the low-hanging fruit. And when we understand how that works, especially from a neuroscience perspective, then we can leverage that understanding to think bigger. So when we are on the precipice of the great unknown, whether we are facing a time of upheaval or big transition in our personal or professional lives, or whether we're facing the expanse of the great unknown in a psychedelic journey, or a state of mind that can feel suffocating like depression, curiosity is a kind friend and a supportive ally. As Pema Chodron says, a much more interesting, kind, adventurous, and joyful approach to life is to begin to develop our curiosity, not caring whether the object of our inquisitiveness is bitter or sweet. So there's a couple of things I'd like to say about this. When we choose curiosity over fear, we're training our nervous systems to relax and stay calm in the face of change. 
And this is like that advanced Jedi training that I'm talking about. It's how we cultivate resilience and train our nervous systems to cultivate resilience. It's how we go through a biological upgrade. So we train ourselves to choose curiosity over fear. And it's not that we don't acknowledge the fear or allow space for it to be present with us. We just allow curiosity to be the greater driving force. And so instead of contracting and cutting ourselves off from other people or retracting from living our own lives because we're afraid, we're maintaining an open attitude to whatever arises. And this is the training. This is the path of the creative visionary bodhisattva. And in this way, curiosity softens the heart and it also relaxes the mind and it teaches the nervous system how to become more resilient in the face of change. Pema also has this quote that says, the spiritual path is a path of going from a narrow way of viewing reality to a more open, flexible way of viewing reality. Which is similar to what I said earlier about awakening being inherently creative. And of course, I find it so interesting that the personality trait known as openness lends itself to creative thinking. And research now shows that one journey with psilocybin can shift our personality towards a greater sense of openness to experience, which just to come full circle, the spiritual path is a path of going from a narrow way of viewing reality to a more open, flexible way of viewing reality. There are so many dots to connect here. And of course, I go much deeper into all of this in my programs, but essentially, Curiosity is the doorway into new possibilities. It's reaching out a hand, inviting us to expand what we believe is possible. Curiosity allows something that was hidden, invisible, or outside of our perceptual field of awareness to step into the light, to reveal itself. And that is the definition of awakening. Curiosity can also be an ally for illuminating darker spaces within ourselves. It allows us to stay open in the face of suffering. And I mentioned depression earlier, and we can learn to reach for curiosity to help us get out from under the weight of self-shame when we move through these challenging emotional experiences. And it was actually through a depression that I was going through that I found Pema and her teachings. And I'll never forget the moment I heard her talk about her teacher, Chogyam Trumpa Rinpoche, who is no longer alive, so Pema was relaying the story. And Chogyam was listening to someone talk about their experience with depression, and they were describing how it felt, like being in a small dark room that felt suffocating, where you're just going round and round with self and with your own mind. And I personally know this feeling very well. I'm very familiar with those places. And he was listening to this person speak and then paused and then said, oh, yes, I know that place. And then he paused again. And then he said, oh, it is so alive. It's so juicy. There's so much there to explore. And he encouraged the person to get curious about what's there and try to have a direct experience of it without calling it bad, without labeling it anything at all, just connecting to the raw underlying energy that is really underneath all of our emotional experiences. As Krishnamurti says, the ability to observe without evaluating is the highest form of intelligence. 
And when I heard this story from Pema, it was this moment that my relationship with depression forever changed. And it's not to say that I don't experience depression anymore, but I choose curiosity over shame. Shaming myself for feeling bad. It's like digging myself deeper in the hole, like, oh, I'm depressed. And then it's like, oh, I'm depressed because I'm depressed. But instead, I just have a direct experience with it. And I get really curious about the experience in and of itself. And actually, it helps me move through the experience much more quickly. And so curiosity creates space, space to breathe, space to explore and open and expand. There's more freedom to move in those spaces rather than contracting and shutting down and feeling suffocated by our grip over reality. Curiosity allows us that spaciousness to breathe and to let go. And so in all of these situations, we can learn to lean into curiosity by asking what I call higher reaching questions. Questions and curiosity go hand in hand. And as we know, words create our reality. We can start weaving it into our vocabulary. So when we're facing challenge, whether it's through transition, through a psychedelic experience, through a depression, whatever the situation is, we can lean in and start asking questions like, I'm curious what you're here to show me. I'm curious what you're here to offer me in terms of wisdom. What can I receive from this experience that will allow me to help someone else in my life? That's a really powerful question. I'm curious what would happen if, that's a great question starter. I'm curious what would happen if I open to this feeling right now. I'm curious what would happen if I let go of the story of fear and connected to the underlying energy in my body. I'm curious what would happen if I allowed my body to breathe and to relax in the face of this challenging experience or this feeling that I'm feeling right now. Another great question that I ask on a daily basis is, what else is possible here? This points towards possibility, and I, I love using this question in such a wide range of scenarios. Another favorite question is, who would I be without this thought? Of course, that comes from another favorite teacher, Byron Katie. I wonder who I would be if I let go of my fear of failure or fear of judgment. I wonder who I would be without my story. Or I wonder who I would be if I allowed myself to feel the fear and do it anyways. These are all great questions you can draw upon that help you pick up the mental lens, the mindset of curiosity. And this is not about just adopting mindsets that only serve us, they serve our benefit or gain. And another area I think is so important to speak to is that curiosity builds bridges between people. It breaks down walls and barriers that keeps people divided. Just consider what kind of reality we'd be living in right now if everyone really embodied the mindset of curiosity. I mean, we absolutely wouldn't be witnessing the level of division and polarization between the left and the right, this side and that side, that is tearing apart families and friends communities and cultures. Curiosity is the bridge that allows us to find the common ground that we all stand on. It allows us to reach out our hands to make a connection with someone rather than push them away. Curiosity creates space for differences to be okay. And this is the foundation of the kind of heart-centered leadership we need right now. 
So again, when you find yourself in challenging situations, start weaving curiosity into your vocabulary. I'm curious about how you feel about this. I'm curious what led you to this conclusion. Tell me more about that. I'm curious how we can find resolution here. I'm curious how we can find healing here. I'm curious if you're open to explore this possibility with me. We could ask ourselves, I'm curious what would happen if I put down the armor and the defenses? What would love do here? What would kindness do here? How would kindness lead in this situation? Like curiosity, questions are the gateway into possibility. And I believe a future built on the foundation of sustainability and equality and connection is possible. So get out and go out of your way to talk to different people. When you walk into a room, the person you have that knee-jerk reaction to avoid, go talk to them. If you get triggered, pay attention to that. Get curious about what's triggering you. And maybe go back and listen to episode number eight, titled Truth, Triggers, and Getting Right with Yourself. Just saying. Other suggestions to foster creativity? Read broadly. Start paying attention to the subtlety of where curiosity is opening a door for you, inviting you in. Pay attention to that. And it's always good to shake things up a bit. If you can, go to new places and always ask lots of questions. I love this quote by Elizabeth Gilbert that says, I've never met an interesting person who wasn't an interested person. Get interested in the people and world around you. And actually, a great podcast that I highly recommend that would be such a great compliment to this episode is an interview that Elizabeth Gilbert did with Krista Tippett called Choosing Curiosity Over Fear on the On Being podcast, which is a favorite. And I'll, I'll make sure to include that in the show notes. And if you're interested in going deeper into these topics, in my next three-month group coaching program called Microdosing Mastermind for entrepreneurs, thought leaders, creators, pro athletes, and executives who want to cultivate, embody, and walk the path of heart-centered leadership to influence real change, the next one is happening in June, July, and August. And it's learning how to leverage a mindful microdosing practice as one tool amongst many to learn how to cultivate an inner vision and become the person who can transmute that vision into reality. And this program weaves together a variety of modalities, including mindset coaching, somatic coaching, resilience training, creative problem solving, which is an incredibly valuable skill set, as I said neuroscience, psychedelic research, the science of flow states with the wisdom of Eastern philosophy. And this program will help you cultivate daily practices like meditation and movement, breath work, and even cold plunges if you feel the call that help you get out of your own way, tap into flow, and literally design and construct your life to become a launchpad for inspired creation. And I'm weaving in some phenomenal guest speakers into this program, as well as weekly integration calls where we can all be supporting and learning from each other. And so this program is for more seasoned microdosing practitioners. And if you'd like to join, but you're new to microdosing, you can still apply for the microdosing mastermind, but you have to complete a prerequisite and tune in with me first. Um, and if you have any questions about that or anything at all, please feel free to reach out through my website, livefreelauraD.com or connect with me on Instagram at livefreelauraD. 
And before I leave you with this song from Mary Isis called Open, just one more thing I wanted to mention is that I'm hosting weekly rooms in the main psychedelic clubhouse on Clubhouse. If you're on that app, then look me up at Live Free Laura D. I'll also include a link to my profile in these show notes and on my website, livefreelauraD.com. And I'm hosting a weekly room every Tuesday between 6 and 8 p.m. PST on microdosing and a topic. And on Wednesdays between 5 and 7 p.m. PST, I'm hosting rooms on all topics related to psychedelic leadership. And the last couple have been so phenomenal. Like, I can't even tell you how much I've been enjoying this app. And I've been putting together different panels of speakers from a range of backgrounds talking about a wide range of topics. And I'd love for you to check that out and join in. All right, friends, that's all for me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode on cultivating a curious mindset and bring this into your life. Adopt it. Make it your own. Lean into it. See how much you can explore the mindset of curiosity. May we learn to befriend curiosity as an ally on our paths of transformation and awakening. Once again, my name is Laura Dawn, and you are listening to the Psychedelic Leadership Podcast. And I'm going to leave you with this song by Mary Isis called Open. Until next time.
transformation in the spine.